0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
0: Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, the Utes get the beat down over the Stanford Trees. And we look ahead as Utah faces the Oregon Ducks. I'm Cameron and we got Ryan.
1: What's up?
0: And Scott.
2: It's a pleasure to be here with you, Cam.
0: Wow. I've never mm-hmm. seen such a kind of like that respect. nice mannered Scott before.
2: <laughs> you know, that's just the kind of guy I am, you know?
0: Well, we didn't win the Powerball.
2: I know. That's why I'm <laughs> being so polite. Quite disappointed about it, though. Uh, Mark- I had I had big plans.
0: <laughs> I will say, my wife told me that if we ever won, there was no money going to Utah Athletics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> why? <I was> like- <laughs> you need to wear the pants in that relationship
1: <laughs> and then, Cam. If you won almost a billion dollars, she wouldn't give any of it to the university. You could, like, fund your family,
2: your kids' future families, their kids' future families, and still donate half to Utah Athletics. I but Tell your wife not to be so selfish. <laughs> does,
1: she, does she not want her name <laughs> on
2: some building up
1: there? Or on a street?
2: I think the moment I did not win, Spence Eccles sat back in his chair, just... A big sigh of relief and started combing his eyebrows.
1: <laughs> the colonel
0: was still in town. He's still in charge.
2: Mm. Coming for you, Spence. <laughs> We're waiting
1: for that powerball to build up again. Wait for the next one.
0: Alright, Utah gets the win 42 to 7 over the trees. What what a freaking game. I will say at halftime, and I think we all kind of predicted a blowout. At halftime, I was very nervous for my for the blow. I did not think Utah was gonna come back in the second half and really run away with it, put up forty-two points of the game. But hey, Tevion Thomas, that train started going. Sorry, Scott.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm I'm all for it. I just hope I hope that train has some gas left in the tank. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was I mean in all in all honesty it was cool to see. I mean he gets the game ball in the locker room afterwards and, and he said uh, all the right things. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe maybe through all of this he's kind of grown up a little bit. And but it's uh, so good for him. And yeah, that's great. But like you now we just need it for the remainder of
1: the season. <laughs> but yeah, that first half I I thought, oh boy, this blowout is not gonna happen because I think all three of us predicted a pretty uh pretty big spread in that uh score and at halftime it looked a little bleak it it almost looked like utah's like just came out to go through the motions or like yeah it's stanford we just need to show up i mean they've had some slow starts in a lot of games this year but they just they didn't look interested in the first half they didn't look they
2: well I mean slow starts are nothing new for this team. I mean it's been happening all year long.
0: And every game But it's just best it is slow.
2: concerning. They just can't figure it out. I mean score 14 points in the first half and then look what you did in the second half. It's like guys, let mm-hmm. let's you know why why is it taking so long to come out of the gates? Why are why are those first drives, sometimes even second, third drives of the game why are we just so out of
1: whack?
0: I mean, not only is it like the slow start that they're kind of getting off to, but the fact that you need in the first quarter to to run a fake punt. I know Whittingham's trying to say they didn't call the fake punt. That's the option is there for the punter every time. But the fact that you need to run that in the first quarter to even keep a drive alive is not good.
1: No, and, and nothing I, came I, of it either. No, <laughs> see, I,
2: I'll disagree with you. I wouldn't say they needed to run it. It's like, well, why not? If if Stanford's not going to be prepared for it, why not
0: take advantage? No, of it? No, I'm not knocking them for doing it. It was it was great, and it's awesome they picked up the first down. What I'm saying is, on your first possession in a game where you are supposedly the better team, you shouldn't even that it shouldn't even come into play to run a fake punt. Uh, to go 3 and out. Yes, at a appears consistently. I mean, I agree. Not good.
2: I agree to an extent, but even better teams, it's not as if uh they never make stops. It's not as if anybody came in here and and thought, oh, Stanford will never force us to punt because they're so bad.
0: Well, they didn't in the second half. Yeah,
2: cuz we're <laughs> much better
0: team <laughs> at that exactly. point. Exactly that's what I'm saying like but, but you have to go for on four fourth downs is not good. But well, they got all four of them. I, oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just trying it shouldn't to figure out to where he's going with this. It shouldn't have to come down to that. But I think for this offense to get going, they shouldn't have to rely, have to rely on going it on fourth down every single time. But
1: if you look at college football in general, if you most coaches, if you're in the vicinity of midfield and it's a reasonable distance on fourth down, they're going for it.
2: Well, analytics is in play there. And I mean, Kyle Whittingham talked about it in the press conference today. When you've got a good offense, you don't think, you don't give it as much, it's not as big of a concern to go for it on fourth down because he knows how good the offense is performing. Even if you don't get it, you're going to be able to make it up in future possessions, and and then obviously when you've got a good defense that uh, you know can handle a short field or something like that, it obviously helps to your advantage. But I honestly, I think it just comes down to Cam Rising. Cam Rising's not very good to start games. He's not accurate. He makes some poor decisions. That first half, he was not great.
1: Well, and Cameron and I talked about it too early in the first half. It was like the game plan just seemed odd it's like they didn't run the ball a ton and it was just chucking deep
0: balls yeah a lot of deep balls and hey so many throws were just like behind guys consistently mm-hmm. and there was plenty of plays where if he just hits them right in the numbers it's a first down but instead it's right behind them it's low I don't know. Well, I don't that, know what's going on with Cam, and I don't know if it's the injury, like his knee, if that's still bothering him. Uh, but, but
2: he's I kind of been know. that all all year long. Yeah. He's, I mean, we go, we start, we go back to that Florida game and how he was pretty bad to start that game, mm-hmm. and he's kind of, he's kind of been that way through most of the season. He doesn't come out of the gates firing. Um, you know, he's just kind of slow to kind of get going a little bit, and it's a little surprising because I don't recall that from last year
0: no last year they wanted to start the ball with the ball every game remember right. they would win the coin toss they would want yeah, the ball yeah, which is very sure. unwitting him like and i'm not trying to come in here in bash cam because he's still a phenomenal quarterback and we see in the second half when that when the flip when the switch flips they're hard to stop and it's like how do they get that all game and not just a half
1: although i mean you know, kind of going off along the same lines as a slow start. Scott and I were talking yesterday about... Uh, oh, thanks for including me. You weren't with us. By design. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Scott brought up a, a valid point of a similarity that occurred last year, and I'll let you go ahead. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the Arizona game, how
2: they did... Oh, their, yes, yes. Thank you for that uh, astute <laughs> reminder there, Ryan. Well I mean last year right Utah's rolling and do you remember who we played right the week before Oregon huge game towards the end of the season last year against Oregon we went on the road against Arizona down in Tucson heavy heavy favorites Arizona was horrible and it was a game it was till
1: the last minute
2: it was a game exactly all the way to the, down to the wire cuz we looked like we were unprepared we look like we did not do any preparation, any game planning for Arizona in that game. And there was talk of that. I mean, granted, you know, social media fans are just kind of spouting off, but you did not look prepared in that game. And there was this idea, well, they probably spent the the week preparing for Oregon, knowing that they could probably just show up yeah. and beat Arizona. And that's kind of what this game reminded me of is it looked like, all right, if we just show up, take care of business, we will beat this Stanford team. I think there was some attention being placed on a future game plan for Oregon, and I think that could be a factor as to why Utah was not ready to come out of the gates in in that game. I mean, because it wasn't just the first series. It wasn't even, Utah's been really good in the second quarter mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. First quarter, not so much. But second quarter, they usually are getting things going. They weren't even great in that second quarter. They were better, but not great. I don't know.
0: Just a thought. Well, and it almost seems like they have to get punched in the mouth for them to respond, right? So the defense is a third and long, and they completely let a guy get behind them wide open. And you know Stanford makes the big pass. They get down to the goal line, and they score. And after that, the defense was lights out the rest of the game.
2: I mean, yeah, they they gave up
0: 177 yards of total offense. It was a, it was a beat down. Oh, we'll get in the defense. But then as the offense kind of slow going, they started getting something going. Right before halftime, Cam throws the interception in the end zone.
2: Yeah. And, and and after
0: that, it was lights out for the offense. Like It, just, it seems like they have to kind of get it out of their system, and then all of a sudden they just. They they play like a Pac-12 championship team.
2: Can Cam if he continues because he hasn't looked great, and I, I granted, totally understand he's been kind of coming off that injury. Didn't play it at Washington State last two weeks. You know he's he's obviously just trying to get healthy a little bit, but hasn't been himself. Can Utah go up to Otzen with him playing like he has the last couple of weeks?
1: I think he's got to bring it from the start. For us to have a, ch- a chance, because if you play a first half like you did against Stanford, you'll be so far out of the game by halftime, it won't matter. Now that I, that's putting a shot on our defense, and that's probably not fair, but Oregon can score.
0: Yeah, they can score. No, they can definitely score. I was gonna say, look at the USC game. You know, again, Utah kind of slow out of the out of the gate. They caught up, got the lead at the end of the game, but that was at home, and now you are being asked to put that type of performance out on the road. Like you got to play all four quarters strong.
2: I think Cam Rising was awesome against USC. That morning Peyton Manning took a shot of it, shot at him on college <laughs> game day. Mhm. I think a little, little bit of a fire, obviously. What do we need to do to get Peyton Manning to just <laughs> drag him through the mud again on on ESPN? Because somebody's got a lot of fire under the guy.
0: Well, ESPN will talk about it. It will be on game day because they're broadcasting the game, so they're going to highlight it. It
1: so would have been a bigger game had Oregon not lost to Washington, but yeah, they'll they'll still talk about it. Yeah, it.
2: Uh, I don't know. Something's gotta gotta happen because Cam, we need him, and he's got to be more accurate than he has been. And and I, and we'll get into this collar or this uh, Oregon game, you know, but. Uh, Although I am more confident about this game than I was a month ago. A month ago?
1: Because Bo Nix might not be
2: playing no, or for no, other no. reasons. No,
1: with Nix, without Nix. A month ago,
2: I didn't think we had a shot to go up there and even
1: compete. Well, after watching UCLA just march up and down the field, and then the uh, first half of USC, the defense was like, there's no way we're stopping and then whatever happened, there's something, something well, yeah, switched yeah, on mean, that defense. And,
2: and that's part of it, is our defense is starting to look good again. And they're playing like they have. Now, granted, yes, we haven't been playing you know, a murderer's row of amazing teams. But statistically, if you go back and you look, I mean... Washington State, you held them to seventeen points, and
1: look what they look at the scores they've laid after
2: that. Yeah, they put up fifty-two, and then last week they only put up twenty-eight against ASU. But they again, they're still two and zero since since playing the Utes, Arizona. I was a little nervous about that Arizona game. We absolutely just destroyed them, and 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 weren't even all that dominant in doing so. We didn't look all that great, and still still beat them pretty good. Now Arizona goes to the Rose Bowl a week later and pretty much handles U- UCLA. So, man, the youths are trending in the right direction at the right time. That's something to be excited about.
0: So we're up against a break. When we come back, let's dive into this utah Stanford game.
1: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Alright, so Utah gets the win over Stanford 42-7. Uh, you know, we kind of gave our, our first initial thoughts about this game, but let's really dive into this. And I, you know, I kind of mentioned Tavion Thomas having a heck of a game. Um, and i kidding aside with you, Scott, but just how phenomenal was that performance for Tavion? 22 carries, 180 yards, two TDs, gets the game ball. It, it's a real testament on the program itself and and Winningham, how he holds his team accountable and how he kind of has that family atmosphere.
1: It was great to see what we got accustomed to seeing last year from him. That was the first time all year that he ran with a purpose. It was really when he got playing time early in the season, it was like eh, lackadaisical running. This was like last year it goes to i think what cam was saying
2: right is whittingham has made him earn it mhm and and i think in doing so that gives it gives anybody a new appreciation for the opportunity that you have you lose it you're watching from the sidelines heck you're not even making the uh, making the the trip on away games and all of a sudden you realize man i miss i miss that i miss that opportunity and uh you know, and then he comes back. He's playing special teams, kind of proving himself again. And yeah, I mean, it almost looks like it's just he's gotten his hunger back. Um, which, as decimated as we are at the running back position right now, I mean, it could not come at a better time.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you look at it from the standpoint, it's great that he's figured things out. And and at least from what we've seen, granted, it was Stanford. Stanford's not great. But to still put up 180 yards against any Pac-12 team is is pretty phenomenal. But to think that he really doesn't have the wear and tear from an entire season behind him now. He should have right. some gas left in the tank. Should be he, fresh. He's, he's probably a little bit out of shape, but he should have something left.
0: I think the biggest thing for me and the rest of the season with Tavion is... Yes, you know, from the outside, it it looks like he has humbled himself, as as what you were mentioning, Scott. You know, having that taken away from him, coming back, earning his spot. Now it's can he maintain that mentality? Can he stay that focused? Can he stay that hungry uh, to play? Uh, Utah's going to need him, guys. And I know there's been, you know, we've joked about it on the podcast. There's been a lot of talk on social media with him. He was really the bright spot in that offense until it got going. I, I I really that second quarter he was really what helped Utah drive down to get those two touchdowns. Utah's really going to need him especially in this Oregon game well, and, for the rest of the season.
2: And again this is just a thought but maybe just maybe Tavian coming back getting the running game going maybe that helps Cam relax a little bit. You know, maybe the pressure. Maybe, of maybe Cam's trying to do so much because the run game hasn't been there this year, and it puts more pressure on him to go out and and succeed and mm-hmm. and be the Good driving point, force. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just a thought, but maybe uh, maybe it gets him into kind of a better frame of mind too, where he can go out and just play within the offense and and uh, be a little more a
0: little more free out there, but. I think that's an interesting point you're you're raising. Obviously, something I haven't thought of. Uh, but not only the pressure because the run game isn't there, but the extra pressure that Keithy isn't there, who was his number one target.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those two things were a huge part of last year's success. And when you don't have those, and that, and the entire offense falls to the quarterback finding guys who really haven't been accustomed to seeing a lot of offensive production. Yeah, that probably is added stress or pressure on Cam. So maybe this does help. Um, Either way, though, having that running attack back completely changes what defenses have to account for now. Right. Because if they're going to stack the box, okay. Kade's back and you, Vele's out there. And Oregon doesn't have a great defense. Mm-hmm. They give up points.
2: We're going to be able to move the ball on them. And obviously, they can score points too. And so, you know, I really, again, not to jump too far ahead, but I mean, I think that game comes down to which defense shows up. Because I think both teams can score points. It's, but who can get, who can get a, you know, A few extra stops along
0: the way defensively okay one aspect I don't think we we haven't talked about with with Tavion and in his performance not only does that probably help Cam I think it helps Bernard as well uh Bernard three receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown of the backfield and I love I love when they can do that with him I love him getting out of the backfield that's when he's at his best exactly and so I think uh, with Tevion's performance in Stanford, it's really helping open up the whole offense.
2: And again, perfect time of the year to get the whole thing humming, baby. You're gonna need it. This is a this is a stretch. I mean, if you are able to go up and beat Oregon, all right, you could probably sleepwalk at Colorado. and And now you're playing. Technically, your your fourth straight Pac-12 title, if we don't include the COVID year.
0: It doesn't count. 2020 doesn't count for anything. right? Four, four straight, or if, even
2: if you count it, four out of five. Not bad. No. But whoever you face in that Pac-12 title game, whether it's a UCLA, a USC, or an Oregon again, you got to beat another good team. And then if you do that, you got a, another big opportunity in the Rose Bowl. I don't know. It's a good time to be
0: peeking, boys. Great time. Uh, looking at the wide receiving core, you know, I mentioned Bernard having the three receptions. You know, some I don't know if we're about breaking news, but something that kind of came out Monday evening. Devon Vele has said that he is going to test the waters in the NFL and probably played his last game in Rice cycle Stadium. He comes away with six receptions, sixty-one yards, and a touchdown. He's a big. Big part to that wide receiving group. I I know we're not in the offseason yet, but I think that that's gonna kind of sting losing Bailey.
1: It is. He's that he's that athletic, fast,
0: big receiver that Utah has
1: not had. And can they if he does leave, can they replace him? Is, I mean, I don't even know if there's anybody on the roster that has that. Size, let alone capability.
2: Well, I mean, size wise, yeah. I mean, that Sydney Banzibor, um, from last year's recruiting class, who's redshirting this year, dude six five, good size. Now, granted, production wise, he's not gonna come in and be as refined and have the experience that Vele has. Um, but he is somebody who could come in and and potentially fill that role. I think, I mean, obviously you got Money Parks coming back. You've got, um, you got Makai Cope, um, who who will be back and really should emerge as a big weapon for for this offense. Don't forget about Gilmore and (laughs) our buddy Gilmore. No, I mean, well, and then you got Tau Johnson, who's, well, that's right. Supposed to be technically one of the fastest guys on the team. Um, and you know maybe he fills the the Jalen Dixon type role. Um, so there's there's weapons there, and I a lot sus- of inexperience, but a lot of inexperience. And I suspect as a result of that, I mean, you, you lose uh, Enos also. But but I would not be surprised if Utah brings in a guy or two from the transfer portal that just has some experience, mm-hmm. right? That's proven that can offer a little bit help to these young guys. Because I mean, talent wise. Probably one of the more talented, wide-receiving rosters we've had in a while, just across the board, but it just goes down to, really, outside of money parks, nobody's proven, and you could argue money is maybe not fully proven yet either. Mm -hmm. You're losing a ton of production at the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, tight end's completely new, but... There probably will be a transfer or two that can fill in at tight end. And there's, Who there's, are you
1: speaking of, Scott? Th- There's a lot
2: of talent on the roster at tight end, too. Yeah. Again, young, unproven, but there's talent there. And that helps when you've got a, a, a deep offensive line. You're really only replacing Braden Daniels. Um, so offensive line should be a strength of the team next year. And running back-wise... I think you're gonna be fine. You you got JJ. You've got Jalen Glover. Curry should be back. You know, possibly potentially Curry and whoever you potentially add. Do you add another portal guy? You know, and so um, there's gonna be options. It's how quickly can Ludwig get everybody to mesh? Because yeah, you're losing a ton offensively.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, before we you know we move away from the offense, I do gotta say that offensive line has been playing phenomenal. Uh, for Utah, the last couple see or last couple weeks, I should say, and you know we gave a lot of credit uh, to Thomas for for rushing for for 180 yards. A lot of that was that offensive line getting a good you know three four yard push um, against Stanford.
1: And how about uh, Keaton Bills picking up a fumble and rumbling? That was a, f- for a first down
2: <laughs> when the offense needed it the most in that first
0: <laughs> half on huh, game. Exactly. <laughs> uh, looking at the defense. All right, I can we redo our breakout players of the year? <laughs> redo,
2: redo. <laughs> what are we week ten and we want to redo here?
0: I mean, I I mean, all right. Granted, I had Ellis, no, you can't and that pick is Phillips. looking great. <laughs> that that Ryan would probably want to do Phillips. Okay,
2: maybe we should just do a recap. Of I don't even all, remember who <laughs> all of our breakout players were. I had I had Ellis. Which is, which is looking good. Jonas, mm-hmm. Jonas turned into a, a stud. Did I
1: pick Suga Turaga?
2: Yeah. Man, that was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure I went with Sioni Vaki.
1: Which, you know,
0: he's showing some flashes. It's a he's, guy. He's, I, he's, I, he's, he's coming along. And I think we, obviously, we made some great picks then. Of course we did. But. Would you expect anything last Cam? <laughs> can I just say that Peppa has been phenomenal. That tackle on that
1: reverse was oh, my so awesome. He just like
0: grabbed him out of nowhere. He's so big. I mean,
1: he's finally
2: that huge space eating monster that, you know, this defense needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. I mean, we talked about preseason how this defensive tackle position could be special and then how they were awful early. But now you got Peppa, who's playing at an elite level. Um, uh, Aliki Viamaje, who's playing really well next to him, and then you still got Tofuna mm-hmm. I mean, so you got three guys who are playing at a high level right now at the tackle spot. But Peppa has kind of surpassed them all, which is pretty crazy. Yeah,
0: and, and really in this game, and, and since then, I've really been thinking this may be the best coaching by Morgan Scally in his career. Oh. To and, and in, I, in what
1: way, like in, in okay. correcting what looked awful early on to what it is now,
0: yes. Or? It just just as a whole, because I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the season after the first couple of games. How oh, this was not a Utah defense, and you know the fundamentals of just tackling and being in correct positions were so off. This defense has come such a long way. You know, from that UCLA game,
2: it's because we've stopped with the dang cage rush. We're actually letting our guys go play now.
0: Wait, do you guys disagree? Do you,
1: no, he's, I, I think know. he's done a great job compared to. I mean, we. You know, we talked about after the Florida loss. Just that—that's really what lost the game was not being able to stop, make
0: a tackle, <laughs> make a tackle. The very finish basis. a sack. Yeah, and, and and yes, maybe the bar was set very low at the beginning of the season, um, but I just think from from a coaching s- standpoint, from where this defense was at the beginning of the year to now, it it's a mountain of difference, and I think a lot of that has to do with this coaching staff. Oh
2: yeah. Oh, I mean, the credit is well deserved in that regard. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Ton of progress and different personnel. I mean. There's guys playing who we did not expect to be playing or playing at a high level, right? And uh, as well, I think the biggest t- takeaway, yes, defensive tackles are awesome now. Defensive ends, even with the loss of Van, have come a long ways. So the defensive line as a whole, I think I'm most impressed with the secondary. We were pretty bad early on
0: mm-hmm.
2: against passing teams, and even teams that weren't great at passing were having success against us. Our secondary right now is playing at a very high level. And I just, that's what I'm most impressed with overall of that defense, is how well the secondary is playing. You know, I mean, you've got, obviously you know what you've got in Clark Phillips. But Broughton's coming on we talked about Vaughn last week and how he's coming on. And Vaki, who 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 is Vaki's breakout player?
0: Oh, whatever. He's I coming on. He's coming on too, baby. Well, and then and then throw him Bishop in that. You know, a, a He's young just guy. a stalwart, though, but like, he's, I
2: mean, he's been solid from really game one. I mean, he he led the team in tackles. I think each of each of the first three or four games of the season. I mean, he was all over the
0: place. Uh, in this game against Stanford, they do hold uh, Tanner Mackey, 11 of 23 for 155 yards. That's great.
2: You know, I, I love playing
0: stationary quarterbacks.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: I turned to Cameron. I'm like, it's like watching Peyton Manning play
0: quarterback. Oh, uh, an old
2: Peyton Manning. Uh, yes, like seven yeah. sacks for the defense. His, he, his feet, his footwork looked, again, I'm no coach. I really am not qualified to critique people's uh, um, fundamentals, but from a hundred yards away, I could tell his footwork sucks. <laughs> Dude, he was just all over the
1: place. He looked like he had ants in his pants the whole night. And I still don't see the NFL prospect. Maybe, maybe it, he'll show us all that this just this system wasn't for him, you, and he can. He you can you know what I saw. I saw Tommy Grady
2: two point <laughs> Tommy Grady, he had his, a, a blast. From he's the got past. a cannon. He's tall, and that's all.
0: As I said, seven sacks for the defense, and the the thing I love about those sacks, it was a lot of team tackling at the quarterback, and really overall a lot of team tackling, and just fun to watch. Honestly, I know they gave up that touchdown, uh, on that long third down play outside of that it was it was a beat down by this defense.
2: Yeah, I mean and that's what you would expect against a a pretty below average Stanford team and and they did. They they delivered. I mean, outside of really outside of that long third down play for 50 yards that led led to the touchdown, never did anything. Never gave up anything of significant again.
1: Is is Has Stanford, is the university given up on their football program or or is David Shaw done at the end of the year? I think David
2: Shaw should be done just based off of how things are done in college football now when you aren't producing. But I think Stanford's a different deal because, yeah, I don't think they care. I think, you know, I mean, he has some great success and I think that's just built in. Some,
1: it's been a a lot of goodwill, but it's been a long time since he's had good success. No,
2: I know. I mean, he hasn't done anything since what 2016, 2017, 2018 was an okay year. Obviously, the transfer portal and them not being able to accept transfers is an issue. And I think at some point that, like, if they want to compete, that has to change. I don't know how that's got to change. You can't lose guys but never return
0: yeah. the favor. Well, and then if you do let him go, how attractive is that job? Yeah. When you have those type of restrictions on a coach. Yeah, know, that's
2: true. Who are you going to go out and get? This? You could probably, I mean, w- probably get like a Dave Christensen <laughs> or... Um...
0: And we've talked about it. you have to have the portal as part of your recruiting base. You, you have to in this day and age. Yeah.
2: And you got to be willing to pay. I mean, nils yeah. a real thing out there.
0: Yeah, uh, I read an article this past week. Uh, not to go sidetracked on this, but a quarterback was visiting Oregon State this past season, and the quarterback and his dad—they weren't asking about the program. They were asking, "What can you do for us?" They wanted a house. They wanted guaranteed nil money.
2: I mean, let's 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 think about this for a minute. These unproven high school kids who come—well, this in- was a
0: portal kid.
2: Yeah, but to an extent, how proven are you, right? I mean, if you're a stud, you wouldn't be in the transfer portal, right? That doesn't mean you can't turn into something good, like Cam Rising, right? Yeah. But Cam wasn't proven when he when Utah got him. And so to, to basically take somewhat unproven players and who are dictating homes and hundreds of thousands of dollars to secure their services, this is absolutely ridiculous. Pay the players. It's out of pay the players. I've got no problem with that. But it's how it's being done is just silly. I mean, there's there's rumors, there's there's thoughts out there. Utah could have landed a lot of people. After the season Utah had last year, there was a lot of interest in in players coming to Utah for this year but they wanted a lot of money. you got to have a school that not only is willing to do it, but
1: has the funds to do it. It's just a a different deal. It is a different deal. And when you think of it that way, there's only a handful to maybe a couple more schools that have the capability of paying those kind of, kids right
2: well i mean ucla did it last year i mean they brought in ucla brought in some pretty key guys who are big their leading receiver you know came from duke um that uh their defensive end who came from uw right and they they, they've got some other pieces so yeah like you can rebuild and you can fill some holes pretty quick you gotta be willing to pay because those guys are not coming just because you have a family atmosphere. Well,
0: and, and let's be clear, it you have to have boosters willing to pay. Yeah.
2: Which is why I should have won the dang lottery. <laughs> I could have fulfilled <laughs> that need.
0: Could have. Alright, that'll do our thoughts uh for the Utah Ute Stanford game. Uh we go to we gotta go to a break. When we come back, let's head up Utah and Oregon. All right, Utah's headed up to Eugene, where they are an underdog by three points against the Ducks. And I think a lot of people are calling the semifinals uh, for the Pac-12. This is a big game, fellas. This is a big.
2: Big game, baby. I love it. As, as Kyle Whittingham says, if you're not playing in pressure, pressure games this late in the season, you are
0: irrelevant. So, Scott, you said moments ago, you said you were not nervous for this game.
2: I wouldn't say I'm not nervous. A month ago, didn't think we had a chance. In this last month, a lot has changed. I don't think Oregon is that invincible, you know, power that maybe they were looking like uh, for a little while there. And on top of that, our defense has come full circle, which we've talked about. And granted, still going up to Otzon and Playing well enough to get out of there with a win, it's going to take it's going to take
1: a big effort. and Utah's going to have to play really well, but it's going to take even a bigger effort to knock them off two weeks in a row right, at home. Right.
2: I, I just hope in the back of their minds, you know, they they the guys that are still there remember last year and just have doubt about their ability to hang with Utah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's gonna take it's gonna take a, a big effort, and it's gonna uh, help
1: that either you're playing against a, an injured Bo Nix or their backup quarterback.
2: All right, so do you want an
1: injured Bo Nix or do you want a backup, a healthy backup? I know nothing about their backup, so I I can't even answer that question. I mean, Bo Nix has had a fantastic year, but he looked pretty dinged up. He couldn't even throw the ball to the end zone.
2: See, and that's why I think, yes, it's nice to go against an inexperienced dude, right? But I think I'd rather have a hobbled Bo Nix who's basically just forced to throw.
1: He's got a bad knee. He's not going to be running. He's not a
2: threat in the run game or in scrambling, which allows our defense to do a little bit different. And be a little bit more aggressive, and um, I think I think that's where I'd like to go. How hobbled he is, I guess we'll find out. But I would suspect he's gonna play.
1: I think you're probably right. I, think you know. I don't think I, he
0: he, you know, trying to get back in the game. Um, this past week against uh, against Washington.
1: Yeah, he's got a little cam rising in him, little dog, and. To be honest, I mean, I think you take the win at Oregon no matter who the quarterback is, but to go up there and beat them with Bo Nix as their quarterback has a little more to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if, if Utah can go up there
2: and win, I'm not saying win convincingly, win by 10 to 14 points. I'm not saying a blowout by any means, because I don't think that's gonna happen. But you win fairly fairly comfortably. I think this team has some momentum. Knowing what they did last year, knowing what they've done now this year, heading back to the Pac-Twelve title, I think that gives this
1: team so much confidence. I think they've I think I suspect that our Utah probably internally has more confidence than we're giving them credit for. Oh, uh, there's no doubt. Yeah. They they're in their mind, they're the reigning Pac-12 champs. They nothing's changed. I mean, they've lost a couple of key players to injuries, but they still have some weapons and they still have something to prove. I I don't think they're gonna they're gonna go up there and and fight for this. Oh, I.
2: I expect nothing else. I think you're going to get a great effort out of this team. And, you know, is it enough? We'll find out. But as I said earlier, I think it's going to come down to two things. Defense and stopping the run. Oregon can score points. They've got athletes. They've got really good running backs. They've got athletes on on the outside. You saw what they did to UCLA, and just it was a track meet against UCLA. And, uh, I mean, and even though, yes, they lost to Washington, but they still put up 30-plus points in that game. So it wasn't as if they were shut down. Mm -hmm. They're going to score some points. And I think if our D-line can continue to play at a level and control the run, one of the biggest factors in Utah destroying Oregon twice last year, we never let them get going in the run game. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're so good at. And that's where they kill teams at. Is they gash you in the run, and then you start loading the box, paying too much attention, and they kill you on the outside, or they go right over the top. And Utah, in two games last year, never let them get the running game going. If our D line is up to that task and can contain that run game, keep them around hundred yards, I love our chances because I think we're going to score. I think we're going to score thirty plus. Without question,
0: well, I think with Oregon's defense, you know giving up almost 400 yards a game, and if you watch their games, you know their offense will get large leads, uh, but their defense are letting teams back in and, and I think that's where Utah can really take advantage of this game is that weakness on that defensive side of the ball for Oregon.
2: but how about this game? With so much on the line that it is being played, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time.
0: Dude, give me that new
2: Amazon with deal. With Rod
1: Gilmore calling it.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, is it Gilmore? Yes! Yes, Jeez. it's
0: Gilmore.
1: We have to listen to his awful takes for three and a half give hours. Give me
0: that Amazon deal ASAP. No doubt about it. Absolutely
2: atrocious. The fact that such a high-profile game was so much on the line it's going to be played at 8:30 i don't i don't care that it's on espn that's great but the fact that it's 8:30 where literally nobody on the east coast is going to be watching this game what a failure what an absolute failure by the previous regime regime to allow these uh, networks to absolutely control all the kickoff times
0: Well, not only that is the uh, big 10 had a lot to say in it as well.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and and from their perspective, yes, ESPN and the Pac-12 approached them about allowing, getting their approval, essentially, to move the time and, and make it more of a primetime game. And uh, and Fox said no, which, why would they? You know, they're not going to give that up and, and say, oh, here's our competitor. Here's a great game for you, primetime. No. So I get it from that perspective, but just absolutely awful that this game's being played at this time.
1: It, it, it's 10.30 on the East Coast when it kicks off. There's No one staying up past halftime. At I think the only one it. on the
2: East Coast is going to be our guy at Pick 6 Previews. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brett will be on. Brett will it. be watching. As I mentioned, you know, a lot of people are calling this the, the semifinals to the Pac-12 championship game. because, uh, you know, also this week UCLA and USC kick off. This is this is a big, big weekend for the conference.
2: Could have been even bigger if UCLA and Oregon <laughs> had shown up. We were this close, guys, to having a full season
1: with us not eating ourselves. I mean, as whether you agree with it or not, USC still has a legitimate chance to play in the playoffs. Not with that defense, they don't.
2: Yes, to yes play, to you're play, right. Not to
1: compete, to right. play. You're
2: right that they have a shot, but that defense over the remainder of the season and in a Pac-12 championship game, I don't think it's going to get them there.
1: I honestly think UCLA beats them this week.
2: I hope so. A UCLA win is in Utah's favor. It helps Utah in the uh, breakdown. Even if Utah were to lose uh, this week at Oregon, there is still a shot Utah could get the number two seed in the Pac-12 title game. But one of the key factors is UCLA beating USC.
0: So let's talk about UCLA real quick. We finally get a Pac-12 upset for the season. Arizona beating beating UCLA 34-28. to 28. I did not see that happening.
2: That would be the same Arizona a week earlier, Utah decimated.
0: This conference, man. It's nuts. It's been weird, though. This whole season, it's, everything's kind of stayed true. I know. True this year, we this actually
2: were acting like a mature <laughs>
0: conference until Saturday. <laughs>
1: until UCLA just had a... Go screw it all up.
0: I will say though, I did love in Rice Eccles when they were showing the Washington Oregon score with Washington winning. The crowd erupted, cheered. Oregon lost, and then I was on tracks after the game, and you know people had their phones out watching the Arizona game, and the whole tracks started cheering when that game ended.
2: Well, I mean, as as bad as it was for the conference, both those losses helped Utah. Yes. And uh, so it's it's fun to see, but yeah, it definitely takes some of the the shine off of what could have been this weekend.
1: From a just me personally, I'd love to see UCLA beat USC, Utah to go up and beat Oregon, and have that rematch and let Utah go go back and show CLA. It was just we were having an off day. This is this is really what Utah football well, is.
2: Realistically, we're a completely different team.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And now now it's on a neutral field, too. So it's just a completely different set of circumstances. And they won't have
1: any fans travel. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to you know UCLA fans will be there.
0: So a yeah, crazy, crazy exciting weekend uh, for the Pac-12 as, you know, the all f- top four teams are playing each other. So before we get into the Utah, uh, before we get into our Utah picks, you know, let's just pick some... UCLA, USC. I know that sounds disgusting, though. I hate both those
1: teams.
0: (laughs) Uh, The games in the Rose Bowl right now as we're recording this, SC is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Where are you guys sitting?
2: I'm going Bruins. I uh, I think they get it done. They played USC really well last year. They've been really, they've been, re- they've been pretty darn good this year. And UCLA is the best rushing team in the conference. Sh- with sh- sh- I can never say that guy's Charbonnet. name, Charbonnet. He's been he's been dominant, and we know we know plenty about this USC defense and how bad it is. I I think UCLA it's at home, their season is on the line, I
1: think uh, I think they get it done, and I'm hoping they get it done. Yeah, I'm with you, Scott. I think UCLA gets it done. I think it's close, but I think UCLA gets it. Um, I think they're going to come in upset that they let that one against Arizona get away from them. It, it almost kind of felt like they were looking ahead to their big game and didn't feel like they had to show up against Arizona and that came, that actually came back to bite them um but i mean if they don't that great start they got off to was all for naught now they they really have nothing to play for after if they lose this game
0: and if you look at these teams statistically they're very similar you know offensively and defensively uh, UCLA a little bit better defense um, than than SC. I think for me the biggest thing is I don't think Travis dies playing this week is what I've read. I know he's been banged up. I don't yeah, because
2: think he playing. only has one leg. I
0: don't think he's playing this week, and I think that's going to be a big factor. I
2: think they put him in an
1: air cast on the field,
2: didn't they? Yeah. Well, and and literally the next morning they they said he's done for
0: the year. Oh, I said I didn't hear he was done for the year, so he's not going to be there. I I do think I agree with you guys. I think UCLA. Gets a, gets a close one against the Trojans.
1: Oh, I want to see Lincoln Riley cry and Caleb Williams cry. <laughs> but
0: I don't really want to see DTR celebrate either. I don't either. Can you they know, both just lose?
2: I, I would actually like to see DTR flex over Caleb Williams. <laughs> okay, that would be sweet. <laughs> I'd be okay with that.
0: All right, now let's get into the game that we really care about, Utah and Oregon. As I mentioned, as we're recording this, Oregon's a three-point favorite. Uh, which you know, in a neutral field, is even. What's your score and where are you going, Ray?
1: Oh, I'm kind of like Scott. If, you were, if this game was two, or three weeks ago, I'd probably have to begrudgingly pick Oregon. But I think, I don't know. I think Utah has a legitimate chance to win this. I think it's going to be close. I'm going with the Utes, thirty-eight to thirty-four. Oh, I. That's pretty close what I got.
0: Yeah. S-
2: similar thought. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think both both offenses are going to put some uh, put some points on the board, but late Utah separates. I'm going 38 to 28 Utes.
1: Double digit win. I'll I'll take it. Cam, how about you?
0: <laughs> I think for me this is hard. This is probably my hardest pick I've had this whole season. A couple of weeks ago, I thought Oregon had this in the bag, to be honest with you. The last couple of weeks, though, Utah, they've been showing well, especially defensively. I'm going to go Utah 42, Oregon 35.
1: There you have it. Across the board, the Utes win. I love our, I love our overconfidence.
0: <laughs> Ryan, right, where can people find you on Twitter? All
1: right. You can find me at
0: Drum and Feather.
1: That's Drum, the letter N, Feather.
0: And Scott? Yeah, you can find
2: me at UteMan underscore forever.
0: You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UtahManPodcast, and you can listen to us at our home at UtahManPodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully the three of us are correct and Utah gets a big win over the Ducks. Go Utes. Go Utes.
2: Go Utes will be till I die yay. We're good. Let's cut it.
0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the
2: University of Utah.